and welcome to Prospect Paperbacks. My name is Alex. I'm Melissa. I'm Tash. And I'm Ben. This month we have read In the Garden of Beasts by Eric Larson. It's a uh, history non-fiction book. Our special guest, the library manager here at the Prospect Library. Ben's going to tell us a little more about it. Yes, well it was my recommendation. So um, it's basically a first-hand account of uh, Hitler's rise to power and it follows the diaries of the family of the American ambassador to Germany basically in the 1930s, across the 1930s I'd say. And yeah, I recommended it because these guys were looking for something a bit different to read. I found it really interesting because it really normalises something that you, you sort of learn at school and it, you learn, I guess, the comic book, book version of the Second World War and you never really think, having not lived through it, that it could ever happen in this day and age. But when you read an account like this, um, you realise how normal it was for uh, the, the average person on the street in Germany at the time. So that's really what I found interesting about the book. So, but I hear that some of the people that read it didn't find it so interesting <laughs> well, or engaging. I don't think they finished it, so I think Ben I got I'm... halfway. Yeah, that is a remarkable effort. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I did finish it, so I. Um, you said you couldn't put it down. Yeah, I couldn't put it down. So I do have a history degree, so this is sort of down my, you know, what I like to read, and yeah, it was really fascinating. So it was the ambassador's last name was Dodd. Yeah, William Dodd. William Dodd. Yeah, and then it, so he takes his um, family with him, his wife Martha, his daughter Martha and his son Bill Bill which is also adult, adult children yes. yes they're adult they're in their 20s but is, is it not weird that both the daughter and the son were named after the mother and the father it seems quite <laughs> weird to me yeah it's a bit strange but um yeah he takes them and it was yes the the daughter was interesting yeah well they didn't he didn't really want to go he was kind of... Well, he wasn't the first pick to be the ambassador. No. He was he, like the sixth. He thought it was going to be a nice, cruisy um, posting so that he was... Because he was actually a history professor wanting to finish the book, The Old South. I yeah. think it was Confederacy. Yeah, yeah, and that was his true passion. Um, and he thought, yeah, no worries, I'll slip in there. I'll have all this free time to finish my book because I'm not getting the free time... I'm having to do more lectures and stuff where I work um, and I think from the skipping ahead that I did because I didn't actually finish the book that he never finished no, the book The Old South no. after all that. I mean little did he know that he was uh, going to be in Germany when you know, Hitler's rise to power. Yeah, actually providing a first-hand account of one of the most um, times. times in world history. Yeah. yeah. But from what I read, there was another gentleman who was also over there. Messersmith. Um, yeah. And his accounts seemed to be much more realistic yes. and much more detailed. That Dodd just kept going, shh, don't talk about it. Yes. Don't like, talk yeah. about it. Don't want to upset anybody. I'm the only person. Yeah. I he found was, him really frustrating. Yeah, Messersmith was saying, like, look, like, Hitler's, like, a bad, bad man. Yeah, he's yeah. bad news, and everybody else like was just even even Dodd was just like, oh, you know, we I talked to Hitler about you know stop beating up the Americans and stuff, and he seemed to take it on board. Mm. And <laughs> meanwhile, Messerschmitt's like, 
what are you talking about? Yeah. Like this guy is like just you've got SS troops beating people in the street because they're not doing the Heil salute. Yeah, you know yeah. it was just crazy. Yeah, even like I did not get very far, but even in the part that I read, like the very first mention of Mendel Smith, he was he was right out with talking about like the brutality of this regime before it had even really begun. Yeah, so he was clearly maybe in a position to be more honest or just. A, saw things in a different light than, I suppose, protagonist? I don't know. It's, I don't read no non-fiction. Do they have protagonists? No, <laughs> really. Not really. Well, Hitler would be the protagonist, I guess, wouldn't he? But the other thing I found was how racist they actually were already yes. against the Jews, even in America. Yeah. You know, yeah. before Dodd even left to go to Germany, they're talking about how many Jewish people are starting to um, take power in certain industry and business and that they needed to start to do something about that in America. So it's no wonder that when he got over there, and he was one of those people who agreed with that sentiment, that when they got over there, he didn't find it as alarming as you would anticipate. Mm. Because there was still, there was so much racism. Mm. Yeah, the, the accounts of the racism in America, like, I mean, obviously we know that there's a lot of racism in America, just, you know, from, from some communities, but, just hearing that was really surprising to me. Like I knew it existed, but I didn't realize it was that kind of deeply entrenched even before mm, World War II. Yeah, it was. Um, it it's interesting how I guess that in Germany they just sort of took it to the extreme, and it just became the the new norm. Like you guys probably wouldn't have gotten to the part where you know they were talking about this is sort of in the later part of the 1930s that one day Dodd goes to the the garden or the park where he always walks and there's all of a sudden a yellow bench um that that's the designated bench for the Jewish people to sit on you know and it, it just just happened overnight one day like oh yeah, but you know how can the Americans sort of stand up against that when they have African Americans mm. Mm. in the US mm. drinking mm. from different water fountains. Mm. So, well, the bit that I got up to was they were that he was chancellor, but they've just had a vote on whether to to opt out of the Treaty of Versailles. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, and basically, people were wearing badges to show how they voted, and Hitler was saying, "You need to vote yes." This is the way you need to vote. And pe they were going around to people's houses. Mm. If people were choosing to abstain from a vote, they were getting visitors from SS officers. And people were wearing badges, not only that said, I voted, that said, I voted yes. So, you know, before that was like the... F they'd already started, you know, killing people and beating people up. Um, but this was sort of the next step in, okay, you need to toe the line or this is what's going to happen. It wasn't it like 98%? Um, yeah. <laughs> like, but yeah. Well, what do you know? And, he, <laughs> and they, they keep mentioning a few times that the sort of the line is, um, and history doesn't document what happened to the people who didn't agree with that. Yeah. I th just in the half of the book that I read, I think they say that about four times. Yeah. So, yeah. Should we talk about the daughter? <laughs> she has a flues. Martha, yeah. I, I guess I was a bit astounded for that, you know, you yeah, she was the blues for that for that time period. So she was sort of like going around with a lot of different men. One of them was um, like a Soviet Union 
uh, like really important, KGB. powerful. Like the other one was the one of the head of the Gestapo. Um, well, she played a couple of them yeah. off against each other. Yeah, I was the head of the police. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, how she? I mean, uh, part of it was she would have been fairly well protected as the ambassador's daughter, but that Messersmith guy couldn't stand her. Well, I read at the back of the book where Hitler is talking because I flipped back. Like, <laughs> as Ben said, I was, what did you call it? I was um, swatting at lunchtime. Yeah, time. yeah. <laughs> cramming, you were cramming, cramming at lunchtime. Lunch right? yeah. And there was one little thing that they were talking about. There was a, a recorded inter- um, uh, conversation between Hitler and some other people saying, I can't believe that you guys didn't manage to subvert her. You know, we had her in the palm of our hand. She was there to sort of work over and none of you managed to do it. And how hideous was she? Yeah. yeah. She was, and I think what's sort of the start, it's easy to look back, you know, in hindsight and say, oh my God. But she, she met Hitler. She was really, especially early on, but I think it, it she was sort of mesmerised by the, the Nazis and... She was a bit naive too, I think. Yes. Like, there's a real naivety to her because it was just sort of a game to her. Yes, she it didn't, was. She didn't really have a full grasp of the world she was existing in, I don't reckon. No. Yeah. Going for a country, I just remember, I mean, it's been a couple of years since mm. I've read it, but there's one bit where she goes for a drive in the country or something All the time. like that. Yeah, that's yeah, her yeah. And it's just like so normal, but not normal. Yeah. Like, yeah. It's yeah. like she's sort of separated from the reality of what's going on in Germany well, at the she, time. She but grew up in a wealthy household and she went over to America into a wealthy household. In Germany. Yeah. Sorry, Germany, to a wealthy house. You know, like she was an entitled white woman. Yeah, she had a lot of privilege going She had in. a lot of privilege. Um, and so I, I think she kind of knew that these men were a bit dangerous and I think that was a bit exciting yeah. for her. But I don't think she realised what could have happened to her, you know, really. No, but that's because in some ways it's a denial a bit. And I think that's what I really liked about the book. What, why I really enjoyed it is because it's all just so almost normal mm-hmm. to everyone that's in it. I think they can't reconcile themselves to the fact that this is going bad. Like it can't, they convince themselves that it couldn't possibly be as bad as it looks. Except like, for Mazar Smith. Yeah, yeah, I think they didn't want to stir things up. I, mean, yeah. I don't think they wanted to make trouble. He, yeah, he seemed to be the only mm. one that could see the writing on the wall mm. and everybody just ignored and it. And he was practically screaming it yeah. from the rafters, wasn't yeah. he? Yeah. yeah. And, and then I, I sort of read it, I just thought Dodd was really, really naive and foolish, yeah. the ambassador, because yeah, there was like when he met Hitler and talked to him about, you know, the, some of the Nazis beating up the Americans and stuff like that. And Dodd reports on it later that, yeah, Hitler seemed to be getting my message that I was, you know, that, yeah. that needed to stop. And it didn't stop. And, you know, I just, I didn't think he was a good fit for that role. Mm-hmm. And he was like the fifth or sixth. Like, they went through a list of people, and he was, like, the fifth or sixth person that, on yeah. that list. I think a good part of it as well was he went over there to write his book. Yeah. He didn't want he to didn't, be involved in any of that stuff. He into retirement. He was not interested <laughs> in doing the job of ambassador. He wanted to go over there, 
Right, his book. He didn't want to go to any of the parties, and then realised that he had to go to all the parties yeah. and you know spend all the money. And he was very frugal. Very frugal. Again, though, I think that reflects probably the world's um, a position at the time is that oh, we couldn't possibly have another world war. We just we just slaughtered vast percentages mm. of our populations for no purpose in a first world war. Only twenty years before this book sort of started mm. that we couldn't possibly have yes it looks like there's a bit bit happening in Germany but we'll just send this bloke over because it can't be it's not like um, a disaster is going to happen or anything like that we've, we've learned our lessons surely mm. you know and I, and I think that's yeah the other thing is that you know we are so used to living in a world where we are globally connected now and there was that element of censorship in those days I mean they they still went over on a boat, yeah. you yeah. know? They, they didn't fly, so it takes months to get from one place to another. Um, and you've got your Morse tele, you know, the telegraph. telegraph and stuff like that. So there's some yeah, sort of instant communication, but not a real lot. And there was a lot of censorship. So, and you know, like spying and tapping people's phones. Yeah, and, yeah. Um, and even you could tell within the Nazi party, even at this point, they none of them trusted anybody in their own party. Mm. Yeah, and I think Dodd's main mission that he was given as ambassador was to make sure that Germany did good on the money that they owed That's for right. the reparations yeah. Yeah. for the war. That was the main he was sent over, wasn't it? To yeah. get them to pay back the money that they owed. Yeah. But Again, that, what they didn't realise yeah. at the time, which we can look back and say, you know, how could you not see this? But it absolutely crippled Germany. Um, their, yeah, of course. And that's what, you know, it's really sort of... Caused the Second World War. Allowed Hitler to, yeah. to tap into that. Created the environment. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. But even then still, what's really struck me out of the book, which is what I sort of touched on when I introduced it, was that it's really like a slow burn. Yeah. And you sort of touched on it as well with that just a park bench appeared, yeah. you know, mm. just a, and they're all still out at the restaurants and walking through the parks and, oh, there's another bit in there where it's the night of the long knives where mm. Hitler's basically killing off all his political opponents. Yeah. But, oh, there's a bit of commotion down at the par- at the Houses of Parliament, mm. you know? Oh, it looks like the army's down there. Or, I wonder what that's all about. Mm, like, yeah. That might have been Dodd's account of it or something like that. Mm. And, like, are you serious? Like, he's basically becoming a dictator overnight. Yeah. Um, but to the, to the outsider or your average person like you or me that might be walking past your Parliament House the following day, oh, it just looks like there's a bit of commotion that, you know... Yeah. At, at the at Parliament House. You well, don't really understand the gravity of what's happening behind mm-hmm. those walls. Quite a few of the accounts, though, say how actually... I mean, a lot of the stuff we see is him, you know, yelling at mm. the crowds, but that he was really quite softly spoken and very charming and charismatic. Yes. You know? And yep. you just don't think of him that way yeah. because of the horrible things that happened. So it's really hard to reconcile this man with somebody that you think, how could you possibly think he would be charming and, you know, a, lo- a lovely person to be around? That's what got me. But mm. more than one person said that in the book. Yeah. Mm. But only, like, I think the average person really only started to understand what they'd done by putting him there in the first place. 
when it was too late. That's yeah. the thing. And that's like at the start, he's just a valid alternative for yeah. a society that's been really sort of crushed economically. You know, let's not forget they were paying for loaves of bread with wheelbarrows full. Everyone's seen those pictures yeah. of people paying for loaves of bread with wheelbarrows, their life savings, mm-hmm. basically. Yeah. Like, these are the people. They, they're looking for someone to drag them out of that situation. And he seemed like a good idea at the time. And it was, a, yeah, like you said, a slow burn. It's not like he started out, like, just with straight... Sending all the Jews to concentration no. camps. It was like, oh, well, one day... There's something mm. gets put out yeah. where oh the Jewish can't be in newspapers anymore. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Jewish people. They can't so own businesses. Yeah, they can't. And then a few months later, oh they've got to wear armbands, yeah. and yeah. a few months later they've got to put a sticker on the front of their business yeah. to show that they're Jewish. Yeah. And then a few months later they start to disappear. Mm. Oh, that's interesting. Maybe they're just moving away because it's not nice for them here. That's good. Yeah, it's making it sort of normal. Again, they don't. They probably really don't. They might hear rumors. What? Killing them en masse? Nah, that would never happen, mm. you know? And you can sort of put yourself in those shoes and think the same things, like, ah, oh, no one would ever do that. That's mm. just ridiculous. How could, in this day and age, mm. that happen? Again, why would he take us to war from the outside? Why would this bloke take the world to another world war? Mm. Surely not. Yeah. You know, it's sort of probably only six months before things get serious that the rest of the world wakes up and realises, oh, well, we've got another massive problem years, here. Four years, wasn't it, between when they first got there, roughly, and when it he got almost serious. didn't, like, serve out his time, I think, because it was getting to where his staff were, you know, um, spying on him and, yeah. and he didn't have much support, mm. you know, back in, in Washington. And yeah. he eventually, I think, did he... I can't remember if he served out his term or if he resigned at some point. I don't know. Yeah. But I guess what's interesting is once he did get back to the US after he finished his ambassadorship is he went on a lecturing tour like decrying, you know, how, how bad Hitler was and, you know, try I saw it as sort of a way to try and make up for his his time where he was like, yeah, Hitler guy's not so bad. Yeah. Very moderate, which is not really an appropriate stance to take in that situation. Mm. I would say. And then his wife, uh, his daughter Martha, ends up being, because she sort of got into communism quite mm. a bit, she was a little bit of a double agent. Sort of the Soviet were trying to get her to uh, spy. I can't remember that. Yeah. But and yeah. she ends up spending the rest of her life in somewhere in the Soviet Union, mm, I believe. That's um, right. Yeah, yeah, that's a little bit of our... She couldn't go back to the US because mm. of her dealings with communism, yeah. which became a huge thing in the US. Obviously, after mm. the Second World War, yeah. 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 And out yeah. of all the characters in the book, she was she lasted the second longest. Yeah. She was the second oldest. Everybody else had sort of passed away yeah. before her. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. yeah. Mm. It was very interesting. Yeah, I always... I mean, they're not the average Joe Blows, yeah. but you, you just... I think you read it, you learn it out of a textbook and it doesn't really have the same impact because it just seems, you're so far removed from it that it just seems like something in, you know, when you, especially when you're a kid learning at school, it's just like something that happened in the olden days and you don't really think about it or even consider that it could happen in this day and age. But if, you know, the general populace is disgruntled enough, you, you can end up in places 
And we're sort of seeing that in the political environment now in various countries, even in our own, where you start to stray a certain direction and it gets a little bit more extreme and a little bit more extreme. and It's the boiling frog kind of thing. Exactly, Mm. you know, and it's totally legitimate for the, you know, American president to say, oh, we'll we'll turf out a million and a half illegal immigrants if you vote me back in. And everyone's like, yeah, that sounds cool, Mm. man. Yeah, yeah. so and you're like, hang on, how did we get here? Yeah, or so, maybe I'll serve more than the yeah. um, two terms that... Yeah, why not? Yeah, I seem to be doing a jo- good job. Yeah. You guys love it, we'll just change the rules on that. Why not? And that's the thing, you know, with Hitler, he started out as a legitimate politician. That's yeah. how he got... And then he just, you know, once the their president, what was his name? Hindenburg? Was it? Yeah. Chancellor, yeah. And once he died, it was like, okay, Hitler just takes more power. Yeah, I'll just do it, you know, power. I'll do you a favour, yeah. you know, we're doing good things here, yeah. just give it to me, it'll be right. Yeah. Yeah, it's and before so you know it, it is, yeah. Mm. And, and I agree with you, that is a really, it's a really interesting phenomenon, but I just found reading about it in this book, not, that it was just, it was like reading a textbook. I agree. You know, I just... The only interesting bits, to be honest, was Martha and what yeah. she was getting up to. It's like, <laughs> you know, like when you're reading a, a novel and you've got one favourite character and you just, like, you got to read through the stuff that's happening there and yeah. then you finally get, okay, now we're on the chapter with my favourite character yeah. and we read that and now we've got to go back to the other stuff. And that's kind of, and I just got halfway through and thought, you know what, even Martha is not interesting enough <laughs> for me to keep yeah. reading anymore. I think part of it for me was that I didn't like Dodd. I didn't like learning yeah. this thing from his perspective. I'm like, yeah. these are all very yeah. interesting things that happen in history and it's good to know about. But if I wanted to learn about the history, I would do it in a more, I don't know, in a more clinical way or from a more interesting person. Yeah, yeah, he wasn't the most interesting. I'd be more inclined to read Messer Smith. I think yeah yeah mm. but perhaps more interesting or more opinionated I don't know just something with a more clear point of view mm. yeah. I don't know it, just, yeah, it didn't see, do it for me and that's, it's yeah that's what I liked was that he was so inept blase maybe because I perhaps I could put myself in his that's shoes what I was thinking. and what would I do? I'm an optimist and I would see these things happening and ex- probably try and explain them away Again, for the things reason we're talking about, like ah, oh, he surely he wouldn't take his country to another world war. Surely he wouldn't mass murder people. Mm. Who would do that? Mm. You know, and I think that's what I found interesting. Is yeah. like, oh, geez, it was like a cautionary tale. Mm-hmm. It's really how I enjoyed it. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, it's non-fiction reading, and you either love it or you hate it. I think, mm. but. I, I don't mind a non-fiction yeah. novel. Yeah. I've read some great novels. Yeah. Novel. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> War, you know, wartime accounts that are interesting and others that are not so interesting. And I've read a lot. Like, I was a little bit obsessed growing up because my grandparents came from Holland and did have... They weren't Jewish, they were Catholic, and so I'm not sure why they did, but they did have to hide. Yeah. And so I was a little bit obsessed with it, but and I think that could be part of why I didn't get into this as well because I've read so much yeah. about it all. Probably more about a lot of the atrocities that happened rather than how it all began. So we're about to wrap up over here. Uh, Would we like to give it a cardigan rating? Oh, yes, we have a cardigan rating. Uh Out of five, I believe. Out of five. 
five cardigans. Yeah, I think so. That's what we usually go with. Yeah, I'll give it a four cardigan. Really? Yes. <laughs> that is interesting. I'm, I'm going a one cardigan with short sleeves. <laughs> yeah, I mean, for for me personally, I would give it like a button. <laughs> for, like I, but I can also see its qualities. I can see its values. So I would probably like a three and a half cardigans, just for not me. For anybody else. <laughs> <laughs> it's very yeah, I'm in, I'm, in the, I'm in Mel's four camp. I would have given it four out of five. There are patches where it's sort of is a bit slow, but but overall, I really enjoyed it as just a really different point of view from the mm. World War, not not the extreme stuff that you've all read in your textbooks. So mm. it can kind of lose its impact. I suppose. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah, so mm. yeah. So we are actually going on hiatus for a little while while the library moves and while things are a little bit busy. Uh, we're not exactly sure when we'll be back, but we hope to eventually uh, get the team back together. So please let us know on all of these social media channels what you think, what you'd like to hear in the future. If you want to be a part of it, we would love to hear from you. So uh, for a while now, goodbye. Bye. See you later.